Activist Radio is on the air. You've tuned into the Mark Harrington Show. Sponsored by Created Equal. Time is running out for our nation. I beg of you, you need to stand against the evil that's plaguing our nation. If you don't like abortion, don't have one. The only thing that can be said to be objective truth is that there is no objective truth. Like, you kill a baby fetus, the same thing as killing any old inanimate object. I would argue that we certainly are not all created equal. Mark is training a new generation of leaders. people it's your movement now it's not your parents anymore the blood that is shed cries out to god from the ground for justice and now here's mark well hello again folks mark harrington here on the mark harrington show Thanks for tuning in, and you can, you can find out more by going to MarkHarringtonShow.com if you want to find out more about the program. I am your radio activist, and today we're going to be talking to somebody who has murdered more people than Ted Bundy, believe it or not. That's who we're going to be talking about today here on the Mark Harrington Show, so you want to stick around for the next 26 minutes as we're going to be talking to someone who has murdered more people than Ted Bundy. That's absolutely true. And we're going to be talking about her journey from being an abortionist to being a pro-life advocate and working with the uh, Lozier Institute. Uh, we're going to be talking to uh, Kathy Altman today on the radio program. And folks, uh, just so you know, we are leaving for our justice ride. That's where we take two. This year, actually, we're going to be taking two chartered bus charter buses of young people to the state of Florida. Uh, we'll be leaving on Saturday, taking them to college and high school campuses, to abortion centers in the state of Florida, and training them as we go. We call it the justice ride. So I ask you to be in prayer for our young people as we're on the road, uh, witnessing for life and, and the, uh, the gospel of Jesus Christ uh, in the next week. So we appreciate your prayers there. Uh, without further delay, let me uh, bring on the program, uh, Kathy Altman. Kathy, thanks for being on the program. Oh, it's great to be here. So, Kathy, uh, you know, I, I started out with that, that, uh, th that you had murdered more people than Ted Bundy. Let's start out with your story. You're a former abortionist turned pro-life advocate. Let's start with that part, uh, that uh, you were involved in abortion. You were a pro-choice advocate. Tell us about that, your experience as uh, someone who advocated for abortion and also performed them. Yeah. When I um, graduated from medical school, I truly believed that abortion was a woman's right, that no woman should have to have a baby she didn't want. And um, I not when I entered my OBGYN residency, I not only learned how to do uh, aspiration abortions or section D and C's as they're called. But I also sought out for training in dismemberment abortions or D and E's because I, I just felt I wanted to do something good for women. And I thought that was the way I could do it. Um, now let's, let's explain what that's all about. If you would uh, explain what a D and E abortion is. A DNA abortion is a procedure done in the second trimester where 
the cervix is dilated over the course of one or two days with some seaweed or other um, mm -hmm. osmotic material. And then the uh, suction cannula is introduced to remove the fluid. And then the abortionist takes a grasper and pulls, grabs whatever we can, and we pull down on it and twist and then twist that part off. So those are normally the little arms and legs. And then we go, go back and try to crush the head and pull it out and crush the thorax and then get the placenta and finish up. And then we have to go back and, and put the body parts back together to make sure that we, um, that we got everything. Pretty good. I guess it's, my guest is Kathy Altman, former abortionist, and she also works for the Lozier Institute today. Kathy, we were, uh, you know, I mentioned that you've murdered more people than Ted Bundy. That's not an overstatement. That's true. Uh, a lot of people would just think, how in the world, I mean, from, from our perspective now and yours, how could you advocate for this for so many years? How could you do it? How, did, how, did, how do abortionists do this every day? You talk about tearing limbs off of human beings. How how is that? How did that happen? Actually, eighty five percent of OBGYNs do not do abortions, and that's why because mm -hmm. that's a very um, it's a very difficult thing. There aren't very mm -hmm. many people that continue to do abortions, especially not later abortions, um, because it is difficult. Everybody yeah. else can think of it sort of as a black box, but the person doing the abortion has to reconstruct the body and and deal with those body parts. I think what happens is, though, in medical school, we learn how to compartmentalize because so mm -hmm. many times we do things that hurt people and one has to be able to justify that. And so you put it in little places in your brain, um, mm -hmm. separate them so that you're able to do that kind of thing. And I think it sets one up for the ability to do an abortion even. And our culture, our culture um, in, has indoctrinated us that this is the right thing to do. This is a good thing. They've totally reversed it. Now, you not only were an abortionist and uh, you worked for the uh, for Planned Parenthood, the medical director of Planned Parenthood for, in Jacksonville from 1981 to 1983, but you were an advocate. I mean, you were a pro-choice advocate and you, and you got that from college, I assume, at the University of Florida. Is that where you learned uh, to become an activist for uh, abortion? Well, I wasn't so much an activist. I just truly believed that it was something important um, mm -hmm. and something that would help women, and I wanted to do it. Actually, um, University of Florida was where I did my medical school training, but okay. I did become very pro-abortion in college. Kathy Altman's my guest today. Go to LozierInstitute.org uh, to find out more, or .com. Is it dot .org or .com? Probably both. I'm not sure. Okay. Um, so let, let's make this switch here. What happened to turn you from abortionists, performing abortions, committing abortions, to a pro-life advocate? What happened in your life to make that? I think probably the main thing was that I had a baby. And during that time, I made that baby fetus connection. Now, I continued to do abortions even when I was pregnant and thought wow. nothing of it. 
But somehow when I returned to the clinic to work afterwards, um, I ran into some patients that just, it just completely turned me off. And I decided that a baby just not being wanted was not enough uh, rationale for me to kill it. How many abortions did you perform? You know, I really don't know. And I think I've, I think I've blocked it, but probably somewhere around 500, 500 to 1,000. So you truly did murder more people than Ted Bundy when you say that. It's true. Um, several hundred abortionists. Kathy Altman's my guest today on the Mark Harrington Show. Folks, uh, if you'd like to uh, become or at least train yourself to be prolific in the pro-life position, we're going to be giving away this book today. This is a book by my good friend and colleague, Scott Klusendorf, The Case for Life. If you give $50 to our organization, we will send you this book uh, as part of that gift. So if you go to MarkHarringtonShow.com, that's MarkHarringtonShow.com, click on the donate link, give $50. We'll send you this book, The Case for Life from Scott Klusendorf, Equipping Christians to Engage the Culture. This is the best book. And as you can tell, it's not very long goes through the basics and gives you a, a pretty good understanding of the pro-life position and equips you to debate with people uh, wherever you go on, um, well, the case for life. So if you if you want to go to markharringtonshow.com, you can click on the donate link and give $50 and we'll send you this book. So, Kathy, let's move to uh, your conversion, what took place there, uh, and then what you've been doing since. So, what was the thing that converted you over other than, you know, you had the baby? What what did you do? I mean, you could have just quit, right? A lot of people, abortionists just quit and they just no longer perform abortions. They don't become pro-life advocates like you. Uh, why did that happen and what happened? Well, actually, unfortunately, just because I stopped doing abortions, I hadn't changed my mind oh, okay. about abortion being um, a woman's right but it was things that happened in my practice as I saw women coming in with complications from abortion, both psychological and emotional, and also seeing these young girls with unplanned pregnancies do extremely well when they kept their pregnancy. So that mm -hmm. didn't go along with the feminist propaganda. And um, even after I became a Christian, I believed in abortion. But one of my Christian friends, after um, you know our, our relationship, I trusted that. After I trusted that person, he he said, "Kathy, I know you feel strongly about abortion, but would you read this article?" And it was an article that compared um, abortion to the Holocaust. And my father had been one of the uh, one of the people who had gone into the first concentration camp that that um, was liberated. He was with that group when they went in. And so wow. I grew up with all those stories. So it hit me like a ton of bricks. And that was when Ted Bundy um, was in jail and that was all in the news. And I thought, oh my gosh, I've killed a lot more people than he has. It was devastating. I, I never thought of myself as a mass murderer before. Wow. So you gave your life to, life to Jesus Christ, but that did not instantly change your position on abortion, which is understandable until someone came along and, and shared the truth about what, I mean, obviously you knew what abortion did. 
Mm-hmm. So was it your conversion to Christ, you think, that really catapulted you into that uh, frame of mind that you were considering? or Because otherwise, without that, do you think you, you would still be pro-choice today? Probably. I I think God knew that he just had to bring me along slowly. It was just one brick after another, you know, mm-hmm. um, dismantling that wall. And um, finally, I was able to see the light, but I'm sure it was God that opened my eyes. I want people to understand this because, you know, we, we go out and talk to people about abortion all the time on college and high school campuses, and we generally uh, introduce the topic from a secular point of view because that's where most people initially will engage it. However, we understand that this is, you know, at the bottom line, at the foundation, it's a spiritual issue because we're all made in the image of God, that we're created in the image of God. And without the biblical worldview, there is no uh, real foundation for the pro-life position. And so we often share the gospel. uh, And I feel that's hugely important in the conversion process. Someone can change their mind from pro-abortion to pro-life, But in order for us to complete the deal and for them to completely have the full conversion necessary, they need to accept Jesus Christ as Savior. So uh, obviously that that is probably the thing. And and correct me if I'm wrong, that propelled you into doing what you're doing now, which is advocating for life. Yeah, I I prayed about it. I, I had to get some prayer and healing first. And that's very important for anyone who's even had an abortion. But mm-hmm. after that, I just said, God, what do you want me to do? And all I did was answer an email. An email came asking if um, asking for people who would be willing to go to Washington and testify on partial birth abortion, which even as even when I was an, abor- an abortionist, I thought was murder. I, I didn't know how wow. they were arrested for that one. But um, all I did was answer an email and God took it from there. And when was that? Uh, that was about 20 years ago. Okay, so the partial birth abortion ban was passed, I think, in the mid-2000s. Uh, but, of course, the debate began in the Bill Clinton years. Mm-hmm. Uh, since that time, you, you have testified on behalf of different pieces of legislation around the country. Obviously, as a former abortionist, your testimony is powerful. Uh, you're able to describe what you did uh, to people, to legislators. Uh, I want to talk about that a little bit. Uh, you, uh, we first met in 2019 at the, um, the one of the hearings at our Ohio heartbeat bill here here in Columbus. That's when we first met, and you testified on behalf of the heartbeat bill. And you know, I, I support the heartbeat bill. You support the heartbeat bill. Uh, there have been 11 now that have passed state legislatures around the country. Uh, they are moving throughout the country. There are 29 total that have been introduced in state legislatures. So this is really a, a, a huge move uh, of the Lord, I believe, you know, to to bring awareness. Uh, what are your thoughts on the heartbeat bill? When you uh, when you've testified, read your testimony, uh, what what are your thoughts on the bill? And then I want to ask you about the enforcement of it. Well, I think it's a good bill. Um, obviously, I would love for there to be no abortions, but it's difficult mm-hmm. um, scientifically to pick a point. Um, and the the heart when the heart starts beating, that's a very definable point that can be fairly easily determined. 
So I, th I think that was the rationale for the bill. And I think it's a, it's a good one. Right. Because people universally attribute a heartbeat with life. That doesn't mean that's the beginning of life, but it certainly yeah. communicates the presence of life. And that's the heartbeat. We don't believe that that's where we should stop and end abortion there. We need to end all abortions beginning at the, uh, fertilization. Uh, the question I have from my mailbag, I often get questions about the heartbeat bill. Some people believe that it doesn't go far enough, which I would agree it doesn't, but we're working towards that. Others uh, would say that it's not enforceable. And I want to read, this is testimony from an ultrasound technician. She was actually testifying the day that you testify, uh, claiming to be, in, she's anti-abortion, but she thinks that the heartbeat bill uh, is not enforceable. And she said this, and I'll quote, and then I'd like you to comment. She said, um, as someone who has operated an ultrasound machine for many years, she's an ultrasound tech, the machine only takes pictures of what I tell it to. It's one, it is a 100% operator dependent. I can choose not to see a heartbeat, even if there is one. The machine can easily be manipulated. That is the problem of keeping abortion legally protected. It's trusting murderers to tell the truth. I think it's a, a decent point. Um, you're familiar with this, obviously. You know how it works. How do you respond to the claim that if we are going to give the the uh, you know the ability or the, the 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 abortionist is going to be the one to detect the heartbeat? What's going to stop them from just simply not detecting it and going ahead and uh, performing the abortion? Well, it is it is a problem. And um, that's a that's a problem with enforcement of any law, but right. he still has clinic staff that are there, and mm -hmm. he, and once that abortion's done and the tissue you see the tissue, well there you know certain sizes you know that had to have a heartbeat. So right. I think they're walking on thin ice, and you know all they have to have is one whistleblower. Right. Now, let me ask you this. When it comes to a, a, a an abortion that's performed on a baby that's six, eight, nine weeks, 10 weeks, you say they don't go to pathology. Is right. that true? Because is that the case with all abortions? Well, I think the only ones that go to pathology, and I'm not sure what the what the situation is now, when I was in training, all tissue went to pathology. And mm -hmm. uh, if you do a, a medical abortion, um, they call it a medical abortion, but say there was um, some sort of anomaly or something, not that I agree with that, but right. the tissue would automatically go to pathology. But abortionists don't have to send the tissue to pathology. They just have to dispose of it. And then you you know, you know, have these stories of people keeping them in their garages and mm -hmm. things like that. And what would pathology determine? Basically, the age of the child? The age of the child. It also would pick up if there were abnormalities, which might be important for the mother to know. Um, and um, rare um, rare cancer, uh, sometimes there can be a cancer there. So it would pick mm -hmm. that up. So as, as when you were performing abortions... Uh, there were probably certain laws that were intact in that you would you would need to follow. Why would an abortionist follow the current laws of the state when they're like like this uh, this person who testified against the heartbeat bill said that they're murderers and if mur you know if they're murderers they're not going to obey the law. 
Um, you know, is that the case? Is that a case across the board? Or are there some that do care? No, I think I think there are probably a lot of people like me that were deluded and do care and they don't want their clinic shut down so that mm. they will try to comply. I mean, they do tend to try to comply. Now, you've got outliers who, you know, will try to get away with anything. But. Right. And I, I obviously there's probably a good percent that probably are like that. You know, because in, in many respects, and I don't mean to say this disparagingly, but uh, abortion really is the, the the lower rung of medicine, if you want to call it that. I mean, and I don't mean to say that in many respects. I mean, obviously, you you got a medical degree from the University of Florida, very credentialed. But a lot of the abortionists are not those types of people. I mean, they're they're doing this um, and they're 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 in a shoddy business to begin with. And they're sloppy. Uh, not all. I mean, I think at Planned Parenthood, you probably have a higher standard than most places. So I don't think we can broad brush and say that every abortionist isn't going to care about what the law says because they want to keep their med medical licenses. Uh, I also believe, as you say, that uh, that every single law that we pass, uh, whether it's abortion or something else, is going to require people to to follow it. I mean, it, it, at some level, and then it requires enforcement. Uh, so whether if we were to uh, ban abortion today, for example, in the state of Ohio, it's still going to require abortionists to follow it and stop performing them. That doesn't mean all of them are going to. They're going to continue to do them illegally. So I think any law is subject to that criticism. Would you agree? I agree. Yeah. So I just wanted to kind of put that one to rest. Being a former abortionist, we often get that quality. I mean, obviously it's a problem, but it's not a reason to throw the bill out altogether for for sure. Uh, again, Kathy Altman is my guest today. You can go to LozureInstitute.org. That's LozureInstitute.org. Also, like I say, we're giving away this free book if you want for a $50 donation to uh, Created Equal we will send you this. Uh, this is The Case for Life from Scott Klusendorf. And you can go to the Mark Harrington Show website at markharringtonshow.com. Click on the donate link, give $50, and we'll send you the book for your donation. Uh, Kathy, we've got about uh, two minutes left. Um, I, this is really a tough topic for, for, for a short time, but the abortion pill is becoming more increasingly uh, used at, for performing abortions. If you would, tell us what the challenge we face with that. Well, the big push right now is to basically take all the uh, FDA restrictions away, mm -hmm. make it over the over the counter, at least that where it can just be dispensed. Uh, right now with the FDA restrictions, it has to be dispensed at the at the clinic or at the doctor's office. Um, you know, when I first heard about that, I was appalled because a miscarriage is a true GYN emergency. And I thought, this is crazy. We're going to be creating all of these miscarriages with no doctor there. Um, exactly. And actually, the medication abortion, it sounds simple, but it's much more dangerous than the surgical abortion. And so what did you did you give out the pill abortion back no. in the days when you were back then? They didn't even have it, right? Yeah. No. Wasn't legal in America. No. 
Uh, that happened in the early 2000s with the uh, the RU486 becoming legal in America. Uh, so this really presents a huge challenge for the pro-life movement, doesn't it? Yes. And can I slip in here? Sure. There, There is a reversal. If you've taken mm -hmm. the first pill but have not taken the second, um, it can sometimes be reversed. And there are groups that um, there's a hotline and there are groups that um, will help a woman uh, find a doctor to get the medication and try to her baby if she changes her mind. Right. And that website, by the way, folks, is abortionreversal.com, abortionpillreversal.com, I believe, abortionpillreversal.com. Again, my guest today has been uh, Kathy Altman. She's a former abortionist and now is a pro-life advocate working with the Charlotte in uh, Lozier Institute. And you can find out more by going to lozierinstitute.org. And also, folks, you can uh, listen to the program anytime you like on our podcasting platforms. We're on all the popular podcasting platforms. You can listen to it 24-7 on your mobile device by getting that, uh, that podcast set up on your mobile device. So you've been listening to the Mark Harrington Show with your radio activists. Go to MarkHarringtonShow.com to find out more. We'll see you next time. God bless you. God bless America. And remember America to bless God. You've been listening to Mark Harrington, your radio activist. For more information on how to become a witness against the evil, evil. plague in America, Call Created Equal at 614-269-7808. That's 614-269-7808. Or go online to createdequal.net. Createdequal.net. Be sure to tune to The Mark Harrington Show next time for your marching orders in the culture war.